Hello, 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 and welcome back to the I'd Say So podcast with myself, Aidan Leahy. And I'm Daniel Casey. We have a great 30 minutes lined up for you today. We will be discussing young people in sport, our recent activities surrounding our live performance at The Big Gig. We'll be hearing the answers from our weird and wonderful question. We asked the people of Tralee, and as ever, we have our recommendations for the week. So, Aidan, The Big Gig. Yes, of course. Last week we had the big gig. Um, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's show, basically we decided to run an event in aid of the Irish Guide Dogs. Uh, not Irish Blind Dogs, Dan. Um, well, you say that now, but really I wasn't expecting a Cocker Spaniel to come out with a little cane and sunglasses looking for money to buy a train chihuahua to lead him around. It was, um, <laughs> I guess, my verbal dyslexia rearing its head once again. Yeah, uh, great insight there then. Um, so basically, the two of us emceed uh, the night, the charity gig, here in Tralee. Um, five musicians were on the stage with Joe Casey, Magic Detlef, Stephen Fogarty, uh, Daniel Tehan, and Seamus Harty. Oh, Seamus Harty, though, he was serious in fairness to them. Unbelievable. He, he's unbelievable. What I got, like 17, doing his leaving cert. Couldn't get a hold of him because he was doing grinds. Um, but all the acts were great. But once he started playing, he was just on another level. Fair to say, um, if there's any owners of music labels out there, um, do you know, because they listen to us. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's many of them out there. Definitely give that lad a contract. Well, that's if they haven't signed me already, because... I pretty much did get to live out the, my childhood dream at the end of it. Um, I got to sing Wonderwall, of course, on stage to a crowd of... Well, I'm not too good at judging the size of crowds, but I'd say there's about 17 million of them out there. It was just perfect for me because, you know, I normally sing Wonderwall on a night out and um, everyone can run away. But this time, I had a microphone and speakers, so there was no getting away from it this time, lads. And um, I asked Seamus before we started, right, <laughs> that he might join in the pretty much professional singer... And um, but then I was like, "Fuck him!" He had his moment, <laughs> and uh, it was my time to shine. So I said to myself, "Anyway, quit while you're ahead," because I, I would have been dragged off the stage otherwise. I'd say we've gone into Backstreet Boys next or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tyke had to cut at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was the first time we had done something like this. Really, um, great experience. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. The fact that we were able to have a couple of beverages <laughs> helped. Um, but only a bit of a glitch with your microphone at the start was the only thing uh, true you small but, but yeah, look we got it back brought, on we, we brought it back a core's light and it was fine yeah yeah exactly yeah I liked at one point as well we were, we were getting fairly liberal on the stage and you just at one point levelled with the audience <laughs> yeah I just <laughs> look <laughs> script's gone lost the script there's only one fucking page of script anyway uh, points have been had you know and just that was it then no, there was not I, I actually caught all of the see I had my right arse pocket was the upcoming script and my left arse pocket was the script just gone mm-hmm. so at the end I just caught all the stuff with my left arse pocket I, like confetti I remember that yeah <laughs> I like, fuck this there's the script but like it, it looked funny because it looked like I had a load of script left but obviously it was just mm-hmm. the old script yeah, we also had to apologise to the audience at one point as well because um as we said last week, our public relations officer, Aoife, friends of the podcast, may know her as um, Aoife the Queef. Yeah, yeah, there are in fact five X, uh, five names were spelt wrong on the poster. Three out of the five, like... Yeah, oh yeah, three out of the five, and like one of them wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> 
So but we knew that. Um, instead of Seamus Harty, we advertised on the top of the bill, Seamus Hegarty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hegarty. I blame the lad from Dingle in first year. The interns. Blame the interns then. Blame the interns. <laughs> we have to fire our unpaid uh, interns. Daniel Teehan was spelt wrong. That's E-A, not E-E, Aoife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least you get the gist of it. Uh, then yeah. We had Stephen... God, how would she get this one? Stephen. Stephen <laughs> she knows Stephen him well. Stephen Fogarty. F-O-G-A-R-T-Y. That is how you spell Fogarty. And it was advertised as Stephen Fogarty. E-R-Y. There was, in fact, some very disappointed Seamus Hegarty and uh, Stephen Fogarty fan- fans in the audience. They actually had to be consoled of the building. They were looking for their money back as well. Look. <laughs> what can you do? Charity, lads. Come on. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our committee member, Miami Mike. Mike Loche, um, former... Friend edition. of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Former, former anchor, <laughs> really, I guess. Well, he kind of sat there and listened to us, really. Um... He really did look like he should have been on, on Venice Beach um, going for a nice coffee with a hot blonde on his arm. <laughs> the gender doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> he got on his knees and started then to proceed to bow to Seamus Harty on stage. Um, he was so passionate as well. Like, honestly, I was It just, was like... A- you see those Muslim he really went prayers. for it, like. <laughs> it was, like was honestly Michael turned for fucking Mecca like and just <laughs> got down <laughs> like he got the floral shirt fucking he destroyed it that is that is commitment on his behalf now and at one point Seamus he was playing and he was just he, he saw him he, just, he didn't really know what to do he was just playing how oh, are you lad <laughs> just like all oh, the girls he, giving him attention choked Michael. on my point like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah good man Michael you That's made what a show the Cardi Breezers do to you, in fairness. Yeah. Oh, his brain. And it's then, insane. when Seamus got off the stage, then Michael, blue-tinted shades and all, <laughs> went over to him and refused to let him leave without giving him a fist bump, saying, bump it. Bump it. <laughs> bump it, mate. Bump it. Go on, bump it. And, like, you know, Michael isn't cool. Uh, he's cool in his own way. Yeah, he, well, he had a cool vibe, actually, to be fair. He did have the cool, uh, whatever that was. The TK Maxx outlook. That, that outfit was mental. It was superb. And it was TK Maxx, so you know they're all seconds. And his, his trousers, his whatever they were, beige kind of chino yokes. Like the belt loops were like crisscrossed almost because they were wrong, you know. Poor <laughs> guys out in China. Just Very proud of us we didn't make uh, any blind jokes on the night because it was, after all, in aid of the Irish guide dogs. Yeah. I was, we were considering... Um, introducing when um, Seamus Hart was coming up on stage you know he's very passionate about tonight's cause it's Stevie Wonder no Seamus Harty but um, they had uh, left uh, at that point no. as well huh? they had left at that point the, uh, they had the we, I actually there was the easiest interview I've ever done on the stage with the guys from the Irish yeah Dogs. they brought a dog as well on the night oh so and, um, it really what? worked out really well oh my god the fears of that and when she was talking on stage how about um the dog goes to people who need it most. Yeah, I was Daniel. Tax me. <laughs> Daniel walks across and the dog drags Michael along the floor. <laughs> like you should have seen Michael. I did so well not to piss myself at the like, anyway. So that was that for the big gig. Chapter closed. Goodbye. Thank you very much. On to Bix, bitch. Next up, we're talking about the youth and sport, our experiences and recommendations about it. In I know you loved it anyway. 
Well, I, well no. it wasn't all love. Obviously, wasn't all glory. My life basically revolves around sport. Um, well, you see, like we're a hurling club now where I come from, right? And and the father hurled, and he was he was the coach for about six out of the nine or ten years I was underage, let's say. And well, up until the age of twelve, like wasn't really a big fan of hurling. Eleven, maybe ten or eleven, uh, wasn't a big fan. You know, mm-hmm. just whatever and a lot of people are like that just or was that just the game it. itself or was it coaching or ah uh, it's a bit of everything really was kind of fucking scared of it and you know getting hit with it uh, I just didn't really want to go to training a lot of the time but at that age training. anyway if you get a tap you start bawling your eyes up yeah like crying. you know yeah and I just didn't really want to go to training a lot of the times but like the father just dragged me down to the field but fair enough I'll do the same to my child and was your father one of the coaches because I yes, had that for, was, I hated it every dad second was of it my coach um, for he coached me under twice. see I used to have to play with the older ages then that he was mm-hmm. coaching too like I played under 16 game when I was like fucking 12 <laughs> <laughs> and like literally like there was just I was tiny I was tiny as well it wouldn't be too bad if I was a big 12 year old yeah. I was fucking tiny I still am I was <laughs> tiny so that was interesting, I guess. My dad kind of caught, copped on to the fact that I hated him having him as my coach. Do you know, I, and um, he left eventually. In fairness, he kind of was like, "Look, you do your own thing, and I'll kind of leave you to it." Because that was just oh, it was a bit awkward at times. Like, yeah, my and dad, then yeah, he'd kind of leave me out of a team some days just not to be seen. Maybe, as oh, being like, like do you know, yeah. But I will say one thing: one of the probably uh, it is the best day I've ever experienced playing hurling. And I mean, it's stupid, but it was a North Kerry B final. And uh, it was under 14. And I didn't, I'd started the semi final and quarter final or whatever way it worked out. I think I scored in the semi final as well. I was left out then. And I was left out as well. We we played the coming to Munskull final uh, about a couple of months before that. But I came on and scored. So then they were like, oh, the impact there. Prove now. yourself, prove yourself. So anyway, the father, 10 minutes left, we were down. We were down by what, like two or three points in a minute. The father, it was the father and another fella, and and they were there like, we'll bring him on, we'll bring him on. Like I remember hearing, he's like, he has to work, like, so it was a bit of a lazy cunt. I was like, right, I'm gonna just like, I went fucking hell for leather in it, and I got the flukiest fucking goal that was ever <laughs> scored on a hurling pitch, and we won the match. So that was a great day, and the father put me on that day. So. I do have some fun memories, right? Scoring good goals and stuff, but the rarity that it did happen, in fairness, but. Mostly I remember playing as a kid hating it. I remember hating my teammates. That was tough for me because I was always very shy. Yeah. And then I was like, even individual sports now because then I went into kickboxing. You're still part of a team. Yeah. No matter what you play, you're kind of still part of a team even if it is, quote unquote, kind of an individual sport. That's why I kind of copped on to weightlifting so much I could just do my own thing whenever I wanted. And um, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that or even just... Yeah, I guess I like being part of the team. Um See, the difference was we just got hammered for many years. Especially at my age, let's say. like Underage drinking is serious. <laughs> no, we got, we got bet up and down the field like, in nearly every game we played. We just won B finals and stuff here and there. Like The closest we got to real, the closest I got to like proper glory was we got to the county minor final two years ago. That was actually the best team I've ever been with. Not even just like they were a really good team. But like mm-hmm. most close, so you got team. on with the lads, and it was strange way. because we were joined. We were we were Abidorni joined with Tralee Parnells. Mm-hmm. Of course, no one said anything for the whole year, and then of course we got into a county semi final. Everyone was like, "Oh, where they joined up? Where they joined up?" That was really great. That was some session. 
Imagine if we'd won it. God almighty, would have burnt the village down, I'd say. <laughs> they won it the year after, though, Abbey Dorney. They were always going to win it the year after. That was an s- unreal team. And they faced another super drained-up team as well. Once you get on with the lads you're playing with, that's oh, definitely the most class. important thing. Once and you enjoy town, it. Yeah, the town guys, well, a lot of them were for Ballymac, but they were just they were savage crack. They were unbelievable crack. Training was just great crack. Our trainer, our, our, our manager, like, he was, he was old school. Like, I think he's actually coaching in Parnells now. Um, but he's he was old school like he he's anytime Abby Dorney basically had gotten to a, a final of anything county whatever he was involved up until last year so they won the minor in 99 he was there they got to the senior final in 2005 he was there 2008 they won the minor he was mm-hmm. the manager so he was just it was just great we had another character with us as well he was just mental I won't get into him because he has a couple <laughs> of convictions <but> anyway. <laughs> No, I remember going training when I was 14, 15 and actually leaving early crying because they were so bad to me. Like, and, um, yeah, like, do you know, I kind of never forgot that either. Then I went back when I have to bulk myself up, right? And then he got in fights or tried to fight one of the lads anyway who did it, like, who made me cry that day. <laughs> I still resent it, like, yeah. Do you know, play on you a lot, especially as a kid. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I hate the fucker, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, though, like, there, you play with pricks, you know, like, we had a lot of pricks in our team. They're now, like, I'm pretty good friends with most of them mm-hmm. now, though, is the only thing. People do really grow up quickly. Once you hit the age of, like, 16, 16 to 18, people, like, really mature quickly. I think sport does help with that. Yeah, I definitely recommend for people to do it even anyway, oh, even yeah. if it wasn't my experience. But um, but you still play a lot of sport. No, you played dart, soccer, oh, hurling, do you? sport. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like that com- from years ago. It's the famous commentary. It's like um, the twenty stone. I don't know his name. It's like he's twenty stone hits the hundred and eighty. It's like what an athlete! <laughs> <laughs> his biggest opposition being his cholesterol. Really, it's like <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see. I'm, I'm playing and I'm coaching. So and I'm, I'm playing soccer as well. And Trying what's that to like? Fail a team, right? I'm nineteen years of age. It's my second year coaching. And they gave me the failure team. To well, what is it like trying to coach the youth, Macy? Are they, they cheeky? Are, or? They are some cheeky. The crowd I have in it, right? <laughs> Holy if Jesus. For listening. God, like, the cheek. <laughs> the neck. The neck. <laughs> We're national failure, luckily enough. And is it worth it when you see the progression of them? It uh, is. I, I still like it. I can mm-hmm. do without it, but I still do it. Like, And there's no one else to do it. So. You had the passion it's for the game, though. Yeah, that's fair to say. Like, yeah. Love me club. Well, enough from us. Uh, we went out and we asked the people of Tralee what their experience was uh, with sport in their youth. So when I was younger, I played kabogi, football, soccer. I did taekwondo and swimming and surfing. Actually, I don't know why I forgot that one. I wasn't really good at kabogi or football, but, you know, still played them. I think every kid should play them for a while at least. Loved surfing, still surf. I think sports are really important for kids because it teaches them a lot about life, winning, losing, respect. All that shit. Right, when I was a child, I did Irish dancing and I played football for a while. I did judo, I did gymnastics. But um, yeah, the gymnastics teacher told my mom that I shouldn't go to gymnastics anymore because I was so bad at it. When I was maybe from ages seven until ten, I used to play a bit of ga. Uh, I really liked... Um, Hurley, because you got to wear a cool helmet and bash people with sticks. My dad modded my, uh, what's it called, a schlitter? No, that's the ball. Sorry. He, he modded my, my hurl to have a piece of metal on it so I could bash people better with it. <laughs> it was an illegal modification. That was class. Well, the general census from what we got there was that 
it's tough, but it really is good for character for young people. It, well, it is in fairness, so I guess it's something to do as well. You, you, you need to get out to host when you're young as well. Yeah, like it's, if you're bad, just keep going. Like I remember, like unless I'm just remembering it wrong and I'm watching it through black and amber tinted glasses, like um, we trained fairly hard when we were younger. Mm-hmm. But like this crowd, you'd need to literally stand behind them and kick them up the hall constantly. Like you're 19 and 21, yet we're talking about back in my day. <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> well, it is five years ago, Daniel. <laughs> Six, but like, yeah, but they don't put the effort in. Pump the legs, like burst the gut. You're not coaching properly, Aiden. <laughs> they didn't listen to the last guy, and he's the club chairman now, so he's a senior manager. The guy who trained them last year is now the senior manager. <laughs> Therefore, I'm the senior manager next year, bitches. Aiden <laughs> started to set forward a championship. <laughs> Player manager role. Uh, well, away from sport, I guess away from playing sport, though, even the experience of just enjoying and watching sport as a kid has was like class for me. Because I was a Kerry and United fan between the years of fucking 2000 and what, what was it born? 1999. So my conscience probably started around 2004. I remember the 2004 learning. Actually, I remember I remember losing the in 2003 Kerry, but um, I remember the Mayo learning in 2004 upwards. You know what a time to be alive for a young Kerry fan. Um, and well never actually got to go to I got to go to a couple of quarterfinals and semifinals in Croke Park and stuff along the way a lot of them against Cork one against Dublin Declan Sullivan scored a really good goal class and um, that was back when you could get the family tickets away easier and they're actually good tickets you always take to Croke Park lots because Cork were fairly good back then they were in you probably saw Kerry beat them lots of times but, oh, hurling wise, yeah. yeah. No, football wise, yeah. not too into it. I guess hurling, I yeah. suppose, was the main thing. Oh, yeah, God, you, you were class back then. like. And I got to see United win many a Premiership title. And one of the greatest memories I'll always have is 2008 United Chelsea in Moscow and John Terry slipping on his arse and Van der Zar saving from an Elka. It is class. Remember Obviously, John Terry being hated so oh much gosh. by Chelsea fans that they turned on him really like Yeah, s- and then he racially abuses someone, love Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is the greatest sporting moment you ever watched? Ooh, tough one. I would say watching Ireland versus England at <coughs> Co Park. That was really kinda Were you I'm, there for I, that? I wasn't there, but just watching on T V. Oh yeah, even, I watched it on T V as well. Well eight, nine, I can't even remember. But yeah. um that was just fantastic. The national anthem screen was a big deal. I remember Shane Hargan's drive that day. Because Ronald Gar kicked it over, yeah. And he, just, he caught it like Mick O'Connell, smacked it down on the line. Yeah, the national anthems were emotional. I just remember John Hayes. Yeah, ball ball yeah. Like, the biggest lad there. The bull. Um, I guess best sporting event I've witnessed, like the year 2014, the, the football championship 2014. Went to the replay in Limerick. The famous replay in Limerick. You don't even need to say what two fucking teams were playing. Once you say the football replay in Limerick, everyone knows what you're talking about. I so don't. That was 2014. <laughs> <laughs> the man from Cork sitting in front of me wearing a Kerry jersey. Uh, Kerry v Mayo. Um, the, the time that your man got dragged off the pitch. The big guy. He came onto the pitch. Oh, I do think I remember What a game. Yes, went to yes, extra yes, time. Yes. But uh, I think every game should be played in Limerick. But anyway... Uh, it was just class like Rob Heffernan Rob Henley I keep calling him Heffernan Henley missed the free kick did you kick. make the poster as well for the big gig yeah Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob Henley missed the, the free kick from like what it was a 45 yards out he was on the sideline to be fair to him but it was just like we were there it was, that was the last kick of the game like 
of normal time or it's not Cluxton again like don't fucking do this to us again like and he missed it and we won an extra time I remember walking out the gate and all the salty Mayo fans like oh it's a fix it's a fix we know the GA just wants Kerry in Dublin in the final <laughs> and the next day um, the next day literally uh, Donegal beat Dublin in the semi-final and I was like fucking right Mayo <laughs> so much but that curse on Mayo what the story what's the story I don't know they're still not going to win the All-Ireland cry all you want about your national league like we're not fucking crying we're the ones that lost you're better off nearly losing the league because the time championship comes around I was around. telling you now lad I was on the 45 of the Hogan standing behind Peter Keane sitting and he did not look one bit arsed about it yeah. so and the final that year against Donegal we were on the hill splitting stone oh the sun the weather oh it's lovely man it's class great day Donaghy like literally what 40 yards in front of us if even that blocking Durkin's mm. kick out the big slow fucker and uh, Donaghy fucked up his kick out he wrecked his head and buried it what a, what a day there's definitely a magic in Crow Park whenever you're up there you could actually feel it like it's nearly what it means to be Irish in a way when you're yeah. there on the All-Ireland Final Day or whatever like it's uh, crazy yeah. I was lucky to play there that was good part about you play there I never yeah, even I got to play there twice twice because dad was training the under 12s both times actually um, the hundred and whatever year the hundred and twenty five years was because okay. we got a really nice photo. Next up, we have our weird and wonderful question of the week that we asked the people of Tralee. It was, "What is the weirdest thing you have ever eaten out of politeness?" The worst thing I've eaten out of politeness is definitely mushrooms. I just can't stand like the taste or the texture or anything about them. The worst thing I've ever eaten out of politeness has to be um, peaches, and I'm actually allergic to them, so I my mouth broke out in sores and just because I couldn't say no ass yeah that interesting was reaction there <laughs> ass mushrooms was one of them mushrooms I mean I like a good mushroom now I must say I don't really like mushrooms no fungus it's a fungus when you put it like that it sounds weird but yeah. I, I don't like to think of it as a fungus it's a fungus feels like it could be growing on me see or something like even. I was a desperate prick of a child so I just said no chicken dippers and like waffles was like my staple diet and it probably still is to be fair yeah I think peas was probably like that's not even that weird but um you know it was the only thing I usually would be refuse I would usually refuse to um if I didn't want to do something I wouldn't do it yeah I did eat fish fingers in London at my grand uncle's house mm-hmm I, I remember having cold black pudding. I was I like, "This like is going to be rotten." And fish, and was good. fish fingers. How how terrible! How how what a horrible life you lived. <laughs> like I didn't like fish. Did he make you ketchup on it as well? I the monster. Like fish, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, actually, it's always a grand aunt or a grand uncle anyway. And like, we went to my grand aunt's house, and like the tea wasn't strong. The tea, I don't know whether she made tea with loose fucking tea leaves or the tea bag just burst. But there was loads of bits in my tea anyway. I was just terrible. drunk out of politeness. Uh, yeah, I was like six, and I was like, you don't fucking like this. And I was like, hit me, shut up. <laughs> you don't fucking like this <laughs> at six years old. <laughs> I like tea. <laughs> peas? Is that really it? That's not it. That's about it, mate. Like, I was at the grandmother's house, so I didn't like peas at all. See, no, we do, though. Knows, like, the grandmother knows. The grandmother knows what I like better than my mother knows. Mm-hmm. Somehow. To get the my food. grandmother was an hour away, though, so it's always a bit of a trick. Oh, yeah. Do you know to go? I wouldn't see once her that month often. Old, yeah. Once a month, kind of thing. But uh, no, it's like the, it's like anything though. If the grandmother and the mother are the same. If you say you like something, that's it. That's what you're getting at that house for the rest of your life. Like I said, I left pasta one day because I, I wouldn't be. 
And I mean, I could get assassinated for this, but I wouldn't be the biggest fan of the potato. Right? I say, um, agree. I'd be, we'd be better Italians, maybe, in a way, I think. So pasta. And the grandmother cooked the biggest saucepan of pasta, right? Not for the whole family. Everyone else was eating spuds. She dumped out the saucepan on top of the plate, and I could barely see over it. And I fucking well, ate pasta's it. Pasta's one of those things. It's like, you think you're just, oh, it's only a small bit. There, It comes out then when it's boiled, like... Yeah. It could feed an army. Gee, uh, the sister, my sister took a photo on the whole lot that day. I was just sitting in front of the plate. <laughs> she like. took a photo like it was a discovery of some <laughs> it tomb. Like, <laughs> scene. It was literally a fucking pyramid of pasta. Tutankhamen buried in the middle of it. Next up, as ever, we have our recommendations for the week in. What's um, yours? You know, I'm a big Netflix fan. I do indeed. So, the documentary I've most recently watched. F1, Drive to Survive. Unbelievable. Class. I wish that I could just watch that after every Formula One race and not have to watch the race because I do look kind of like Formula One. Because like, I do have a bit of an interest. It just, it, it had all the races, basically. I think nearly every Grand Prix was in it. And Drive to Survive, why, what does it kind of entail? It it follows, so Daniel Ricciardo is a huge... Oh, so this is a current yeah. thing? Yeah, so it, well, it was based on last season. Okay. So he was driving for Red Bull last season, mm-hmm. but ran out now. Um... Ricardo was kind of yeah he he featured fairly prominently for the first three to four episodes. You had um, the team principals were pretty big characters in it. I loved the team principal for Hass. What a legend! The Hass got Hass are like only three three years old kind of team. You know they're very young in fairness. They um they were in fourth and fifth in the first or second Grand Prix of the year. They did well for themselves though considering. Yeah, and um the whoever was on the right left tire. Actually, it was two different people because the first car was the back right tyre and it wasn't tightened and he had to pull up. And then the, the other guy boxed and it was the front left tyre and that wasn't tightened either. And and they had to and they had, they had to pull out the race. The two cars were tired and they were going, it was going to be their greatest day ever. Mm-hmm. And like... Got just, taken away. And it's the, the, I sent you the video of your man on the phone like... We finished fourth and fifth. We are rock star. Now we're a bunch of fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> that, what I a... touched the jury at Chinaman impression. <laughs> he's been doing that he's for like the past German. week. I've like, been like, what? <laughs> he's like German or something. <laughs> what a legend. And like the bitchiness. Oh my God, it's such a bitchy sport. Like, it is kind of very pretentious though. When they're Holy in shit. The you see him in the yachts in Monaco. And they have to do press conferences with each other. So they have like four principals at a time. And it's whenever there's like conflicts between the teams. So Renault and Red Bull, because Red Bull used to use Renault engine, they were always in conflict. So they'd have the two principals. And they'd be ripping shreds off each other. <laughs> like slyly now. Not actually fighting each other. Yeah. But they'd be throwing comments. Like, the like And it, they would be st- and they'd show your man sitting next to him and be like, like you know like I liked the Renault guy he was a pretty nice guy the Red Bull guy was a bit of a dick but I also liked him because they were all portrayed kind of well in it nobody yeah. was portrayed badly in it which kind of is that's fair enough in documentary that's a mark against it though I'd have to say mark against it yeah actually to be fair um, Max Verstappen from for Red Bull and and uh, Perez uh, for whatever that pink team is <laughs> it's a Force India I think yeah I don't yeah yeah uh, they were kind of portrayed pretty badly, but that's because they are dicks, I think. Well, Max Verstappen, he's, he's only 20 years old, I think, yeah, or something, to be fair, like but total dickhead, he's it? caused, the amount of crashes he caused last oh, season he, was he crashed crazy. crashed into to Ricardo, like his teammate, like all the times. Yeah. You know, so. Well, my recommendation of the week, anyway, definitely watched it all in one day, pretty much, Derry Girls. Oh. Best comedy 
I've seen for a long, long time. And who told you to watch that, Dan? I think it was, was, it was me. Was he? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, <laughs> You're just going to claim that one. I, me, I don't think that's watching, my suspect now. I'm currently watching season two, like, so Dan went back and watched season one. It definitely, the characters are so kind of well-grounded. It's not oh, an yeah. over-the-top comedy. It is a bit, but you kind of know there's still good grounding there. The the It's the, like, conflicts between like there's bits of conflict between all the characters and I, and I think you can kind of see yourself in all the characters in a way as well yeah so I think that's good as well so yeah definitely recommend that 10 out of 10 I'd say oh, unbelievable. I love Sister Michael she is so funny <laughs> just brilliant like some nice sentiments there <laughs> uh, I love the hey, Jerry and the Fatter as well though uh, Jerry Jerry and the Fatter and oh the, yeah and the Fatter-in-law tell that free state fucker to shift his hole <laughs> When she's at the talent show and um, what it was, <laughs> she's on stage and uh, every year I sit backstage and I listen to, 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 to these Brilliant. acts and it really is how talented the original recording artists are. <laughs> it's brilliant. Speaking of students that need to watch their back, James. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's English. <laughs> okay, I think that covers our recommendations for oh. the week. Go give those a watch, lads. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Just shouldn't have promised anything, really. So yeah, looking forward to next week. Oh, don't we have a ball tonight? Oh yeah, we do. Well, yeah, we're going to loan the Radio Society for Bix, which is the National Society's thing, and a massive piss up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, is that I it? That, I think that wraps up this week's show. We'll be back next week with more news, gossip, entertainment, stories, stories, stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> scales. Anyway, for the I'd Say So podcast, I've been Aiden, and I've been Dan. I will see you. Bye. Again. See you.